man, it's so hard. I think I, ooh, I mean, I, I'm sort of going back and forth between Yuzuru Hanyu, Nathan Chen. You gotta make a pick. I know, I'm getting nervous here. <laughs> Olympic Channel Podcast. That was Olympic champion figure skater Meryl Davis making her predictions for the figure skating world championships. I'm Ed Knowles and this is the official Olympic Channel podcast. We find the best people to talk about the biggest Olympic talking points every single week. If you love the Olympics, subscribe now wherever you find your podcast. Olympic Channel podcast. We are making no apologies for the figure skating love. This week, it's the 2019 World Figure Skating Championships in Japan. So we sat down with Olympic champion Meryl Davis in Saitama. Scott Bregman spoke to her about Japanese superstar Yuzuru Hanyu and his injury struggles, the absolutely crazy season from two-time Olympic silver medalist Evgenia Medvedeva of Russia, plus her own approaches to performance. We also put Meryl on the spot. As you heard, I gave you a little preview of some predictions. We would love to hear yours as well. So get in touch to tell us your thoughts and also what you thought of her predictions. Anything that you would change at Olympic Channel with all of those. But Scott and Meryl started off talking about how Meryl fell in love with the host country, Japan. Olympic Channel Podcast. Well, I think figure skaters um, in particular are, are always very enthusiastic about competing in Japan because they know that they'll be very comfortable and be able to focus on the task at hand, which is competing and performing at their best. So whether it is the volunteers, um, you know, the local organizing committee, um, the food that's available, everything is just so first class. Um, so you know, as an athlete, whether you're a figure skater or otherwise, to be able to focus on your sport and your own job on the ice or the field of play is really what makes for the best um, host, I think. And so um, I'm really excited for all the athletes coming to Tokyo in 2020 just to have an incredible experience. Um, you know, the warm welcome they'll receive from Japanese audiences and just the comfort they'll experience being here is, um, I think, second to none. Okay, so switching gears, as someone who's won two world titles, when you're getting down into that, let's say, four weeks, three weeks, two weeks, you're getting closer, how does your skating practice change as you like focus in on, on winning that gold medal? Well, I, there's a really interesting just sort of ebb and flow to training and I'm sure it's very specific to the athlete as well as the discipline for ladies and men versus dance and pairs. Um, but with my coach Marina Zueva, we were always training at our most intense about um, two weeks ahead of a competition. So we were doing back-to-back run-throughs, just really pushing the limit. And about a week ahead of a major event, um, we would start to taper. And so instead of doing two run-throughs a day of, of our routines, or our programs, we would be doing one run-through a day or doing sections of the programs because it's not so much about building that physical shape at that time as much as perfecting the details and feeling confident and preparing mentally. Um, you know, aside from figuring out when to push, when to pull back, 
I think that one of the really important things about performing at your best um, at a competition like the World Championships where you're, you're sort of prone to wanting to skate more, you want to give more, you want to skate for the gold, you want to you know, give it 100% and I think one of the things that Charlie, my skating partner and I learned early on in our career is you have to compete like you practice. If you're competing at um, 100% and practicing at 80%, that's when mistakes happen. Um, and so if you're practicing at 90% every day, you have to compete at 90%. And so that's when the consistency, I think, really comes into play. And um, so as you said, sort of preparing for something like the World Championships, how do you go for that gold medal? I think it's relying on your training. Um, it's doing what you do every day, nothing more, nothing less, and just relying on um, the work that you've put in for years and months ahead of time. So you're about to step on the ice, free dance at the World Championships. What's going through your head? What do you say to Charlie? I don't really say much to Charlie. I usually, <laughs> when I'm really nervous, I tend to just be quiet and listen. Um, so Charlie is usually, we're chatting about um, little things we want to remember, take your time in this part, uh, let's be in the moment, let's just enjoy. Um, you know, and, and Charlie and I competed together for, oh man, 17 years, I think. Um, so it almost becomes habit. We, are, we already know. We know. I know what Charlie's going to say. I know what we need to do. And yet, sort of just getting in that zone, getting in the comfort zone where you're on the same page as a team um, is hugely important. And so typically, Charlie would say the same thing or the same few things that he always says. And yet, I still wanted to hear them um, just, just to sort of enter that pocket um, that we always competed our best in. Performance is a huge part of figure skating, especially in ice stands. Tell me about how a program comes together, from, from picking the music to putting it out in competition. Everybody has such a different process, and I think it changes as you grow um, as an athlete and as an artist. When Charlie and I were younger, you know, our coach would say, here's your music, I'll choreograph your program, this is what your costume's going to look like. We'll train it and then you'll be ready to go and you know you sort of say okay yes that's that sounds great and as we got older we developed more of a taste um, musically choreographically um, and so for us as our career evolved we would be more and more invo um, involved in the process of um, picking the pieces of music that really spoke to us um, picking pieces of music that sort of um, exemplified what we wanted to say artistically that year and we would work with our coach um, which isn't always the case sometimes skaters will have a choreographer and a separate coach whereas Charlie and I were always really lucky to have our coach also be our choreographer but just spending hours on the ice playing with different movement um, the way it worked with different pieces of music and I think what's interesting about ice dance choreography is it's oftentimes changing and growing and evolving throughout the course of the season. I don't know that that's necessarily as much the case with single skating or even pairs. Oftentimes you choreograph a program, that's the program you skate for the rest of the season aside from switching some elements around based on what works and what doesn't, um, what's comfortable. But with ice dance, we're always changing it artistically to figure out what works, what's going to be the most effective. And so I, I think it's quite 
common to not have that final version of a program until the World Championships even. We've seen someone like Evgenia Medvedeva who's gone through a lot of changes this season. When we talked to her in, in September at the Autumn Classic, she, her short program was totally different and she said it was a totally different style for her. And she's changed it, she's gone back to something more traditional. So what do you think goes through someone's mind like Medvedeva's when she's midway through a season and says, you know what, I have to go in a totally different direction? Well, I, I would think that with what she's experiencing now, I think it's probably so reflective of not even just the programs as much as her approach to her skating in general. Um, I know she's growing and she's learning and making so many changes to her technique now with her new coaching team in Toronto. And I think that a program is oftentimes reflective of the way that you're feeling and it showcases your technique and your skating differently and so as she's changing and growing and embracing a different style of skating perhaps this program that she's now going with does that better than the program that she was using at the beginning of the season and so um, I think it's it's so interesting the way that different pieces of music and, and pieces of choreography show off a skater's um, strengths differently and so I would imagine that plays a big part in, in what she's experiencing. What do you think, because you had the same coach for your whole career, right? Uh, from 2005 through 2014, yeah. So definitely for the, the tail end of it and what, what do you think has probably been the biggest challenge for her trying to reinvent herself in some ways even after She's already won two world titles, she has two Olympic silver medals, and now she's, she's almost starting over in some ways. Right. I, I think it's just such a testament that she's willing to make these changes, as you said, at this stage in her career. You know, she's not sort of entering, um, you know, the big leagues now, realizing that she needs to make changes. I mean, she's a two-time world champion, um, Olympic silver medalist, and to commit yourself to growing and becoming better and making these changes to what is at the core of something you already do so well I think is really impressive that she's willing to tackle that and take it on and I think it's really a testament to her commitment to um, her future, her commitment to excellence because she's already accomplished so much and yet to really trust in Brian Orser and Tracy Wilson and just embrace something totally new is a huge challenge and um, I definitely applaud her for taking that on. Well, another skater here facing a huge challenge is obviously Yuzuru Hanyo, two-time Olympic champion, coming back from an injury. But what do you think, I mean, this, he has accomplished everything. What do you think motivates him to keep coming back? I genuinely have no idea. <laughs> you know, I just, it's so interesting. I just, I can't imagine winning the Olympics two times and finding the motivation to not just compete, but to train every single day. And he has such talent, and yet clearly, no matter how talented you are, you can't compete at this level without the daily uh, discipline and commitment that he clearly has. And to maintain that for such a long period of time is so impressive. Um, and it hasn't been easy. You know, he's dealing with injuries, working his way through the injuries, overcoming them. I mean, I. I couldn't begin to tell you where he's finding the motivation. I, I'm so glad that he is finding it because he treats us all to his incredible skating um, and I'm just in awe of his ability to do that. Um, you know, Charlie and I 
won our Olympics in 2014 and we said, you know, we think that we have accomplished everything we want to accomplish, let's do something different. And for him to win not just once but twice and continue on, um, I, it's, it's incredible to watch. And just to be able to maintain such, such excellence for such a long period of time, um, yeah, I'm just in awe of that. What do you think figure skating fans will think his legacy is when, when he does decide to, to stop skating competitively? That's tough. Um, I mean, he's certainly pushed the sport forward in so many ways. Um, and I, I think he's inspired a generation of, of skaters. I mean, he, he solidified himself as a legend years ago, and yet to, to continue to push the sport forward, to continue to push himself um, and his fellow athletes, I think is just a, a tremendous accomplishment. Um, I, I think he also really exemplifies having respect for his fellow athletes and competitors, um, in particular the relationship that he's had with Javier Fernandez. Um, it's tough, you know, direct competition, um, a judged sport, and yet the ability to have such, um, to hold your competitors in such high regard, um, especially when you're training with them on a daily basis. I have so much respect for the way that he's interacted with, um, you know, his competitors and training mates, and so I would imagine and I would hope that that would be a big part of his legacy as well. So you mentioned the decision that you and Charlie made after winning Olympic gold to to hang it up, to move on from figure skating. What was that decision like? What, did you guys think about a, a return or was it like, we're absolutely, we're done? Well, to be honest, we never really spoke about it in the lead up to Sochi. Charlie and I were fortunate that we were always sort of on the same page and um, we started skating together when we were eight and nine years old. And luckily from sort of one crossroads or, or like one checkpoint to the next, we always found ourselves on the same page. And so after Sochi, we sort of said, I guess, you know, we should talk about, do we, do we want to step away? And um, we both knew that we wanted to step away from competition, at least in the short term. Um, and we gave ourselves maybe three years to figure out, do we have any interest in, in returning competitively? And um, there were moments when we thought, well, we, we could if we wanted to. And yet, I think the, we really realized we didn't want to return to competition in recognizing that we didn't have the fire that it took to be the best. You know, from a young age all the way through Sochi in 2014, we had just this fire and this passion for um, not just competing, but training every single day. And that's what allowed us to rise to the top. Um, and I think that in embracing skating professionally in shows and, and taking on new challenges and projects, um, we realized that our focus was no longer on what it would need to be on to, um, you know, to maintain the level that we would want to compete um, at a high level. So um, we took three years to make the decision, but ultimately not returning to competition was the right one for us, for sure. Was it weird watching Pyeongchang and not being out there? It really wasn't weird watching it and not being on the ice. It was a little, I was home working with um, uh, some local television, which I loved, 
But it was weird not being in Pyeongchang a little bit, just at the games and the atmosphere. Um, but it wasn't weird not competing. Um, I think Charlie and I took so long to make the decision not to return that we felt really good about the decision. And um, But I'll, I, I, I think the Olympic family and the Olympic spirit is just so beautiful and it's so unique that I definitely missed not being um, sort of at the games in Pyeongchang. And you mentioned, you know, you have to move on and take the passion that you had for skating and, and apply it elsewhere. What was that like? And, and how was it to maybe find a you know, identity outside of Olympic champion Meryl sure. Davis? Yeah. Well, it's, it, it, to be honest, it was very, very challenging. And um, I think a lot of athletes experience this time when they are stepping away from the sport that they've known their entire lives of feeling a bit lost, not having that you know, goal when you wake up every morning, knowing what your purpose is, knowing what your role is. Um, and that was really challenging for me. Um, I would say more challenging than I anticipated trying to figure out, well, what other passions do I have? I have other interests, but what do I want to work towards? What direction do I want to go in, you know, not as a competitive figure skater, but just as a person in life with all of these new opportunities and sort of time to figure out other interests that you, you don't have the time to think about as a competitive athlete. Um, and so I really allowed myself to explore um, avenues and I, I, in so many ways I'm still doing that. I think, um, you know, school has been something I've been really trying to finish up. I'm, I think I'm in my 12th year now as, a, as an undergrad, so I'm glad to be working towards finishing that up. But, you know, finding something that you are as passionate about as, for me, skating um, is a huge challenge and it's something that I'm definitely still trying to figure out. But as we wrap up, I'm just, the final question, um, kind of switching gears a little bit though, is your favorite program you ever skated? Mm. Not just at Worlds, but at, at any moment in your career. I mean, it sounds cliche, but I would say the program we won the Olympics with, our um, Scheherazade program, not really because we won Olympics with it, but I feel as though in so many ways it was the culmination of um, so many years of hard work. So many of the things we did in the program, the tricks, the, just the, the choreography and the skating, we would never have been able to accomplish years prior in that way. And so to be able to take such pride in getting to the point where we could perform that program the way that we did, um, I just think is the ultimate pleasure as an athlete. You know, to commit yourself to something from the time you're five until you're 27, I mean, you have to have a very good reason for spending that much time doing something. And to take pride in your, uh, you know, essentially a lifetime of work is such a wonderful feeling. And for me, that's really what I associate with that program, with our, our Shahrazad program. Olympic Channel Podcast. So, as promised, we also thought we'd have a bit of fun and put Meryl on the spot with a few predictions from every single category. So, here we go. Okay, well, we'll start with the ones that I think are probably the safest predictions. Um, I think probably for me, Papadakis and Cizeron, um, as I believe this would hypothetically be their fourth uh, gold at the World Championships, which would be incredible. A lot of great challengers, but... Um, 
that's my prediction for dance. I think in the pairs, uh, the French team, uh, James and Cipre are my prediction. They have a lot of momentum. They've had an incredible season. Their programs are amazing. Um, I think they're probably my pick for pairs with the greatest challengers probably being Sui and Han uh, from China. They've been plagued by a bit of injury over the last couple seasons, but um, Vanessa and Morgan from France are my pick for pairs. For the men, ah, man, it's so hard. I think I ooh, I mean, I, I'm sort of going back and forth between Yuzuru Hanyu Nathan Chen. Nathan's the reigning world champion. Yuzu's had so many, um, well, he's, he's had a lot of challenge with the injury so hard to say not really knowing what kind of form Yuzu's in with the the injury that he's been facing but <clears throat> you got to make a pick I know I'm getting nervous <laughs> here um as I said I, I mean I really do think Yuzu's capable of anything so I think probably my prediction would be Yuzuru for for the men and then for ladies um I think I'm gonna have to go Rika Kihira she Ah, she's so cool, calm, and collected. Uh, so much talent, so so motivated, and she's had an incredible season. So I think Rika is going to be my pick for the ladies. Olympic Channel Podcast. Big thanks to Scott and Merrill. They are both in Japan for the Worlds, for Olympic Channel. Stay across our social channels for all the latest news and pictures. Plus. We also have a live blog, which is well worth following as well. I have stuck a link in the episode description for all of that. You are welcome. If you like this episode, go tell Meryl. She is at Meryl E. Davis. That's M-E-R-Y-L-E-D-A-V-I-S on Insta. Or tell Scott too. He is Bregman 87 on Insta. I'm at Eddie Knowles with an I and an E on Twitter and Insta2. We have an awesome episode next week with viral sensation gymnast Caitlin Ohashi and her legendary coach at UCLA, Miss Val. So if you are in need of a little bit of inspiration, here's some from Miss Val. Success is peace of mind, which is a direct result in you becoming the best that you are capable. I had the biggest aha moment of my life that I had been trying to be somebody else. And I realized also at that moment, when you try to be somebody else, you will always be a second-rate them. And the worst part is it prevents you from being a first-rate you. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss that one. That's it for now. See you soon. Think, Think like an Olympian. Like an Olympian.